Hey, it's Brian, and I rarely answer cold calls. I never answer phone numbers I don't recognize. You're best off texting me, but if you've made it this far, if you do not leave a message, there is absolutely no chance that I'll call you back. Thanks. Bye. My name is Markeisha Brown on a recorded line, and I'm reaching out on behalf of Renewal by Anderson in reference to your inquiry about your potential window in or patio door replacement project. I would love Deleted. Hello, my name is Laura Churchill on a recorded line, and I'm reaching out on behalf of Renewal by Anderson in Oklahoma. Deleted. Good afternoon. My name is Christine Simmons on a recorded line with Renewal by Anderson. The reason for my call today is because of your recent inquiry with us regarding your potential project. Deleted. Yes, hi. Uh, my name is James Griffin on a recorded line, and I'm reaching out on behalf of Renewal by Anderson in reference to your inquiry. I would love to speak to you further regarding the... Deleted. Hey. Shut the hell up. Shut up. Shut up. Skyler. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut hey. up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. What the hell is that? Hey, Stone on Air. If you are not listening to Brian Stone, who has been a fixture in Chattanooga for years, you better be, or I'm going to ask you personally why you're not. I'm so happy I could die. They were like, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> Brian. Yes. yes, my name is Brian. Finally, it's cool to be a Chattanoogan. Finally, it's cool to embrace this city. When some of us have been saying this for 25 years. Mic drop. Turn off the podcast. Stone on air. Well, just kill me now. Welcome in, everybody. How are you? Decided to mix it up a little bit this week and go back to one of the old weekly dose opens. Can't remember the name of this girl's last name her name's Skyler that's a little bit why I use the Skyler shut up audio from Breaking Bad if you know you know to uh, to demonstrate my frustration with renewal by Anderson my god this uh, this company but yeah this song's called I'm so happy I could die if you're a longtime listener you remember I used that for quite some time and generally speaking, we'll uh, stick probably to that just generic uh, open that I usually use. But for some reason, whatever that reason is, I decided to go this direction for, with that. Um, so that was uh, just four of the probably, no joke, no exaggeration, probably getting close to 14 voicemails that this company has left me. In the last however long it's been. I talked about it at one point in the, in the past, a few weeks, some, uh, maybe even upwards of a month ago, that I just foolishly put in my number or uh, probably email as well to, uh, to Renewal by Anderson Doors and Windows because I have several projects I want to get to eventually. And I knew that was probably going to be a bad idea, but I did not think that I would be dodging quite literally. I stopped counting around 25 25 plus calls, probably closer to 40, and double digit voicemails, one after another after another. They have finally stopped for the most part. I just keep hitting block on the number, and somehow the number just gets through the block. But uh, it's, I almost felt like leaving a changing my voicemail to saying, Renewal by Anderson if you ever call me again. But I didn't get around to it. So, and that is another thing I, um, I wanted to do that uh, on the open because, first of all, why not? And secondly, 
is I've been regularly getting texts recently now about, do you want to sell your house? I understand why I'm getting in the mail, too. I've got to, you know, they can check their records. They see I've been a homeowner for 15 years, and I have a house built in 1955. And they probably, you know, know how much money I make, which isn't much, and probably think, this guy's probably poor wants to get out from underneath his house. They're close to right, except I don't want to. But I'm getting texts about that, and then I'm regularly getting cold calls and, um, and I guess, t- and now text messages about things that are n- not targeted to me. I get targeted ads. More on this, uh, pr- I think, here in, uh, in a little bit. I kind of rearranged the show at the last minute. But I get targeted ads, and I'm fine with targeted ads. I actually like to be advertised, too. I'm not one of these types, oh, I can't stand commercials, when actually most people actually like commercials. We collectively lose our bleep every January or February for the Super Bowl. Oh, my God, can't wait for the commercials. And then we spend the rest of the year like, oh, can't have any commercials. Shut up. So I don't mind targeted advertising, but I regularly getting health insurance solicitations and student loan relief or student loan, maybe even the loans themselves. I don't know. Either way, these should not be targeted to me because I've never once in my single life have I not had health insurance. And, never, and only one time ever have I had a student loan, and I paid it off over 15 years ago. So there's no reason for me to be targeted by two industries that I have zero interest in or that I already have or have already eliminated from my life. <sighs> anyway, there you go. There's the open to the Stone On Air podcast. My name is Brian. Thank you for being here. Coming up in today's show, I've got um, it's a mishmash. In the and I flipped them around here a little bit. The uh, second segment of the show, I'm going to talk about the new Titan Stadium, going to the lookouts a couple times this year, crowds, lines, um, and just an overall fan experience being an issue. Generally, almost every time I go to a big event these days, and I'm wondering how long that this industry can can uh, survive. And when I don't mean survive like for the next few years, I just mean generationally. Um, just kind of speculate on that a little bit, and um, uh, that's just about it. Craft beer, light beer, mellow mushroom, just a bunch of thoughts from the weekend and um, and talking new stadiums. And then the final segment of the show, something cool from Better Call Saul, just for a second. It has to do with Chattanooga. And then I was trying to figure out something just simple and light and breezy on the way out, and then, of course, uh, I can't find anything. And then I thought, well, I'll at least just take a look at this Dude, um, the the Buffalo, New York shooter. I'll just at least take a look at some feels like somewhat neutral uh, reports on him to see what kind of kid this was. And I started looking at more and more, and I I kind of scratched that idea and just thought I am going to speak to that situation, but not in a way like most everybody else is, and hopefully give it a little bit better thought process to how to decide uh, to to. Um, to, to swallow and, and digest something so terribly horrific. So that'll be uh, on the way out the door. I got three pieces of audio for you. I got the realest thing from Trevor Noah, the worst idea, but kind of true, I'm calling it, and the coolest thing if Eddie Van Halen was the lead guitar player for Rage Against the Machine. That'll be coming up here in a little less than 10 minutes, seven or eight minutes from right now. So I'll start with gas prices here because why not? I have yet to... Spend four dollars a gallon. I think the highest I got was around three ninety or something, something like that. Just down the road at Food City, just on the other side of the uh, state line, they have gas there, and I got it last week, my last tank for three fifty, literally three fifty. 
And on the other side, uh, Tennessee side of all the gas stations, it was closer to 379 to 385, something like that. And it has just j- jumped since that last tank. This is just from probably wherever the hell I got. I don't know. The national average edge is closer to 450 a gallon. Uh, prices this week could be closer to five than they are to four as demand continues to edge higher. And uh, inventories of both gasoline and diesel continue to decline. This is another one of these. I, I question a lot of this. Oh, we were shortage of this, a shortage of everything. We got a shortage of everything. Huh, it's funny. I never have problems finding anything I need. Hmm, never. Oh, we got a wood shortage. Oh, yeah? All right, really? Look at that. Look at the big pile of wood over there. Question a lot of this nonsense. And and, and the price gouging versus inflation uh, continued struggle that I have. Let's see. The uh, Sam's earlier this week had gas at 363. That was the lowest in the state. Prices in, in the city have raised 37.9 cents since a month ago and a buck 34 from a year ago. And it, this is starting to be a problem um, for me. I have always driven uh, fuel efficient vehicles, at least in my adult life I have. And I just don't, uh, I don't know how long I can continue to do this before I have to really sit down and try to, I don't know, manipulate the way I do and don't get around and where I do and don't go. And I already kind of do that anyway, but I have to drive downtown into Udawal every single day. Can't ever stop doing that if I want to continue going to work. So it's finally starting to really take a big bite out of me. You know, anytime something prices spike, it takes a little while before you start to feel it. You know, for a little while, it's like, oh, this kind of sucks. And then before you know it, it um, it's totally, uh, it's starting to really, like, I'm looking at the bank account and I'm looking at my, you know, money uh, flow and, and spending. And I keep a very close eye on that and I'm watching it get smaller and smaller and it's frustrating as hell. Uh, a few things here that I just, you know, literal bounce around stuff. So I'm seeing everybody lose their mind on Twitter about the stupid Mexican pizza coming back to, uh, to Taco Bell. I guess it's not just Twitter. It's all social medias. I mean, people just having fun with this. I I'm, I'm, I have a feeling this is a little bit of a um, romant- romanticizing the past or your childhood or something. I can't imagine anything than other just pure garbage, just like everything else is at Taco Bell. But I, I And I'm sure it'll be even less quality than it was what you remember it. The other day I woke up and I just had this craving for uh, early on a Saturday or Sunday. And I never do that hard or don't do it very often. I just had this craving for biscuits and gravy and hash browns from Hardee's. For years growing up on the weekends, my mom would go to Hardee's and bring us whatever we generally wanted. And what I always wanted was biscuits and gravy. So I had just this just craving for it. So I jumped up at 730 in the morning, went and got it. And I noticed the hash browns. We're nowhere near the same consistency and quality and size as they were, you know, 100 years ago when I used to eat it all the time. The gravy and biscuits seem to be about the same, but the quality seemed considerably lower. And Mellow Mushroom, I was there over the weekend, and I used to always go to Mellow Mushroom all the time. And I got their cheese bread, and I could tell this is a dumbed-down version of what they used to sell. So even if things aren't necessarily costing more the quality and quantity is on the decline in many many industries and those are just two that i know for sure and i promise you this mexican pizza thing is going to be disgusting uh riverbend in 15 days i'm surprised those tickets are not sold out yet if you want to go the tickets are only going to get more expensive and i know riverbend has a bad reputation and i know the ticket price seems high but it's really not it really, it really isn't. 
And if it's not your lineup, if it's not your kind of thing, then that's, you know, that's one thing. But if it is music that you like, you're not going to see a festival in this country for less than what it costs to go to Riverbend. And Bonnaroo is in 28 days, and I continue to be in uh, on email chains proving that it looks like that is going to work out for me with the uh, the credentials. So that makes me very, very, very happy. I saw a, um, a piece from the Chatting Times Free Press, Clint Cooper, I think is who wrote it. I don't have it here now, but it was talking about the... Um, uh, the the fact that many people believe that Weston Womp was won the uh, GOP primary for the Hamilton County mayor seat because of Democrats voting for him, which I I, I can't say I know it because I don't have the numbers, but I do firmly believe that that is absolutely uh, true. And then it had some people, you know, on certain corners of the of social medias saying that these primaries should be closed, closed voting. I've never really thought about this before because I've never voted for a Republican in my life. And um, I've now decided I'm going to vote for Republican primaries every time in this, in statewide elections, maybe in all national, all elections. Why not? Why not at least vote somewhere where I know that it, it feels like I'm doing something rather than throwing a vote to somebody I know has zero chance of winning. And I don't understand why anybody would, would push to close uh, voting to where you could only vote for who you were registered as. And where and when do you register to be a Republican or a Democrat, which I'm neither, more than ever, I'm neither. I don't remember ever selecting a party when I um, registered to vote. I don't remember when I registered to vote. I mean, clearly I did because I'm allowed to do it, but I don't remember when I did it. And I don't remember being told I got to select a party that I have to be registered as. And I sure as hell better be able to change it if I want. So what would be even the point of having a closed voting anyway if I'm allowed to change it? Because surely I better be allowed to change it. I'm sure it's not simple to do. But that just, I don't know. I've never really thought about it that way before. And I've since this last uh, primary and voting for Western Womp and being happy to do it, that's the approach I'm going to take likely from now on, depending on what the... Um, uh, what the, the the race is I'm voting in and what national, statewide, citywide, whatever, uh, we'll see. But I just, I've never really thought about that before. And I had this Twitter thing about Candace Owens. I'll do that another time because I don't feel like it. And I'm already getting late into this open. And then there was a Rolling Stone piece about Taylor Hawkins, the, uh, the late uh, drummer from Foo Fighters. I had some people upset. I'll put that off for another time. Uh, if you know, you, you or if you care, you probably already know so let's see let's do three things i am not a big fan of trevor noah and it's almost it's funny in a way because i love john stewart but i don't think he's really that funny i think he's a really smart guy who can be funny occasionally and i never really liked the daily show i really didn't i actually liked it when craig kilborn was on it before john stewart that was a, a million years ago if you even can remember that um but but I I like Trevor Noah even less. But I did think he was I do think he's a very intelligent guy, but also not very funny. But I stumbled on this the other day, uh, probably uh, I guess it doesn't matter, but probably TikTok. And while it's not funny, it's uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. So I'm calling it today's realest thing. That argument actually makes a lot of sense. Like, why should there be one abortion law for the entire country? I mean, people in Alabama and people in California have very different views on this. So maybe it should be different in different states. Although when you think about it, there are also differences in 
different parts of each state. So really, the law should be like by county. You know what I mean? That would be better. They should say like red counties in a blue state can ban abortion, but blue counties in a red state can allow abortion. I mean, that, that seems fair, right? It's up to the states, but make it up to the county. Well, except actually sometimes you have urban and rural areas sharing a county, so maybe it should be at the level of the city or the town. Yeah, no, wait. What if each house... Oh, yes, each house. Each house could have its own rule. Yeah, this makes sense, right? Because the neighbors, they don't always agree with each other, but in the house, you... Within the house, people have different opinions. You know what? What if each person made their own rule? Like, each person could decide for themselves what they could do with their own... Shit, people, I figured it out. Yo, get me a taxi to the Supreme Court. <laughs> it's not funny, but it makes a, uh, I believe, a very, very good point. And that's all I'll say about that. This is for um, the baseball haters. We'll, uh, we'll love it. But I'm calling it the worst idea because I don't entirely agree with it. But eh, it's still kind of true. The greatest mystery on earth is how baseball players get paid so much damn money. I don't get it. I went to my first game today. The game's boring as hell. The tickets were $5, but the seats were still empty. Nobody was there. It's four hours of nothingness with maybe three or four hits in between. Uh, the fans spent most of the time spending $20, $20 on shitty light beer and chugging it than actually watching the game. <laughs> I mean, I can't completely argue with it because especially the way the game has gotten, and more specifically this year, there is a lot of nothing going on. Now, th that's not true. There's all kinds of things going on, and it's a game you either love. It's not really love or hate. There's a little middle ground, a lot of middle ground there, too. But it is a social event. It's not, it's not a big event like a football game. It's a social event that happens for half of the year, and for some teams, nearly two-thirds of the year. But, yeah, the $20 light beer, a little bit of exaggeration, but not much. Um, I just thought that was good. The worst idea, but yeah, still kind of true. I can't argue with you. And the final one here, the coolest thing. This is some dude who just does spoofs and different kind of music things on TikTok. This is if Eddie Van Halen was the lead singer of, or excuse me, the lead guitar player of Rage Against the Machine. Today's coolest thing. If you know, you know, that is so perfect. I'll play the, uh, the real version here on the way out so you can compare and contrast in case you forgot how the solo goes from Tom Morello and Rage Against the Machine. So coming up next, a uh, story about going to the Lookouts game. I'm not trying to hate too much, but there was plenty to be dissatisfied with. They want a new stadium. The Titans want a new stadium. Uh, lines, crowds, keeping the customer happy. How do you do all these things? And all the while, making it one of the more expensive things you do on any given time that you leave the house. I'll kind of throw all that together in a, in a scrambled up ball coming up next. Coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At stoneonair.com. Hi, this is Chef Pike and customer service and experience expert. Today, I'm going to discuss the downside of success. 
Now there's an old saying often attributed to Yogi Berra. I believe he was referring to a restaurant when he once said, nobody goes there anymore, it's too crowded. When your success causes your customers frustration because you're too busy to take care of them, you're at the risk of losing your best customers. How often will people wait in a long line for a meal before deciding it's just not worth the time? If you're so successful that you cause your customers the inconvenience of having to wait, you may be casting doubt into your customers' minds about the next experience that they're going to have with you. That's when it's time to get creative and find ways to create confidence, not frustration. Welcome back in, and by the time you're hearing this, it's probably 90 plus degrees out. Summer's getting here quick. Which I won't complain, because I always say every year, I can't wait for it to be summer, so I'll just deal with it. Way better than the depths of the crappy winter, I can tell you that. This is the Stone on Air podcast. You can find me anywhere online, Stone on Air, all one word, at Stone on Air on all social media. That's just some dude I saw online making a very good point. When your success can get in the way of your customer's enjoyment and satisfaction of the service that you're trying to provide. Sometimes some industries are just seem to be bulletproof, like the concert industry, the festival industry, and most sporting industries, that they don't have to take in effect the taking in account the um, the the fan experience, the user experience. They say they do, but it oftentimes doesn't feel like they they do. Sometimes it's not possible. You put 100,000 people in Neyland Stadium, it's going to suck. There's no amount of concessions or no amount of ticket takers or no amount of uh, attendance at the, you know, at the seating attendance or whoever it is, whatever it is you need. There's no amount you can put in there to to traffic that amount of people. So I'll just forever stay away from a situation like that as I learned the hard way hard way for the absolute final time uh, last year. You I did a whole podcast on it, so you likely uh, already know that. But um, again, forgive my uh, just kind of bouncing around here a little bit. I also forgot I had some numbers on um, some new stuff going on over by the Red Wolves Stadium in East Ridge that I will try to get to. But let's just start with the uh, with the lookouts and and the story from over the weekend. And I went on opening day. I don't remember if I talked about it on here. I don't think I did. If I did, I didn't spend a long time on it. And it was, um, it wasn't even really that close to a sellout, and the lines were atrocious, and um, and and, and I, I'm not, I, I figured that just I'm not going to get mad about the things that irritated me that night. It's opening night. That's how it almost always is opening day anywhere, um, even even annual events like baseball. Once the, they reopen, there's a lot of new staff, and I get all that. I'm also just to be completely transparently cool about it. I know the uh, the general manager pretty well, and I'm a big fan of the lookouts, always have been, so I'm never going to be a huge hater. But this Thirsty Thursday night drove me bonkers the other night. I got uh, out of work early, and I headed down to, because uh, I had a ticket if I wanted it, and I said, you know what, what the hell? A friend of mine was down there, and I was like, I'll just go down and have a few beers. The Atlanta Braves are off tonight. I want to sit down and watch the uh, baseball game. Mississippi Braves were in town, so even more reason I wanted to watch. And I thought this 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 is less socializing, and let's sit down and watch 
some live baseball. Because as I mentioned before, it's generally a socializing kind of event. And um, I went in, walked in, right as it was starting, as I walked up the hill, I was like, God, there's a lot of people here. Now, Thursday's kind of the new Friday downtown. I don't know if you go out that much that way. That, these days, I don't. But I have noticed that when I do, it is kind of Friday night-ish around there. And I, I don't know if that's a phenomenon all over the place in, in hot spots around the country. I don't know. But so I thought, okay, maybe that's all it is. Get up there. I see 22 after 23 after 24-year-old everywhere I look. Ah, oh, Jesus, it's thirsty, stupid Thursdays. So I'm already in a bad mood. And I'm oft, often at my worst mood of the day right when I leave work, which sounds odd, I know. It seems like you should be like, well, now you're finally off. You should be happy. No, until I'm settled and then relaxed, I'm very irritable. And so this was not mixing well. I got in there, went to the further down concessions because usually the lines are going to be a little less over there. It's it's mad. It's a madhouse in there. Way bigger uh, attendance than the opening night. And I was like, well, I don't know if this is going to work very long term, but I'm going to at least have a, you know, a beer and a hot dog. And then, you know, I'll go from there. And I'm looking around, and I see all these little pissant cups of beer. I mean, quite literally, if they're 10 ounces, that's all they are. And with a little bit of foam and a spill, and, and accounting for some spillage, you're talking about 8-ounce beers. $2. What am I, what am I, 21 years old? Would I just get my, uh, that I just turned legal age to drink yesterday? Who wants an 8-ounce beer for $2? That's that's the biggest takeaway here is it's the biggest scam of a of a giveaway. Now I get marketing. If it works for you, it works. But if it were just that, I would leave it alone. I wouldn't even be talking about it. So I'm looking around. Everybody's got these little little tiny shot glass plastic shot glasses of beer. And I'm standing in line. I'm looking around. I don't see anybody with anything other than these little tiny ass beers. But I didn't think about it all that much. As a lot of this was afterwards, me reflecting on you know when I was walking in. And so I would step up there and the, the people taking the order are literal children. They're not even 18 years old. And then the you know adults over in the corner pouring the beers. And I said, Hey, listen, just want a hot dog and a, uh, a large Miller light, please. And they look at me like, I'm, you know, I've got lobsters crawling out of my ears and I'm like, and they're just kind of just dazed and confused. So the dude, I was like, yeah, Hey, just a, a large uh, Miller light beer, please. It's like, Oh no, I don't know what, uh, it's just whatever we're pouring. I said, what do you mean it's just whatever you're pouring? There's like there's like five, six, seven taps. Well, they're all unmarked for some reason. They're all unmarked. And I uh I'm like, okay, odd. And I'm not giving anybody a hard I mean, I'm I'm not friendly, but I'm not being a dick about it either. I'm being frustrated, but but mildly. And I said, okay, um, then can can I just get, can I get a large, whatever it is you're pouring? It's like, oh uh, yeah, no, we don't have large. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you do. I, I get one every time I'm here. You do have a large. I didn't quite say it like that, but I did say you normally do. Like uh, all we have are these. And he's pointing to the little, little, you know, piss ant cups. They look like piss, like drug test pissing cups. And with the golden, disgusting beer in it, it looks like you're walking around with a pee cup. And I said, that's, the, that's all you're selling? And he said, yes. And I looked at the kid. I said, just give me water. Thanks. 
<laughs> I walked off. I ate my hot dog. I drank half my water, and I didn't stop. I walked straight out the door, right back down the hill, and walked to my car. So, fast forward to Saturday. I head back down there uh, after dinner with some friends and went in pretty late. Just wanted to stop in because we had tickets. And just to make sure and find out, I went to the same concession area and got a Coors Light beer or Miller Light, whichever one. One of them was out. I can't remember what it was. And But it, the point being, all the tap markers were there. And they were able to pour the beer I asked for, oh, and pour me a large. So what the hell kind of promotion is this? We're going to have a promotion that's fake as hell. Totally fake. A 20-ounce beer is like five seventy-five. Or little eight ounce cups for two dollars. It's not. It's not even a promotion. And uh, so I'm just like, what the hell is going on in here? Anyway, just a long another one on the long list of just user experiences, fan experiences that are just awful. And I still love the lookouts, and I'll still go. And they always have concession issues because they're run by uh, like I don't know, like. Uh, some kind of groups, right? Organizations. They're not all employees. A lot of them are volunteers. And they're probably just working for tips to go towards whatever their you know, kids club or whatever it is. But when you go on a Tuesday and there's nobody there, it doesn't matter whether the service is slow. You just get your beer. It takes another minute or two longer, and then you go sit down. No big deal. So I guess my whole point is, is that if you run a facility, a restaurant, a music venue, a sports venue, and you, you can't you can't handle, you can't accommodate 6,000 people, then you shouldn't have 6,000 people. Just like Neyland Stadium, you shouldn't have 100,000 people because it's not possible to serve 100,000 people. And how long can we get away with this kind of stuff? I've been spending all kinds of money in Nashville for season tickets to the Tennessee Titans, and they're now these days upwards of $11 for a crappy 16-ounce Miller Lite, $25 for a double drink, gin and tonic in my case, and it's a real just two shots double. It ain't no heavy-handed pour, you know, in a, in a good, nice glass with a lime wedge you know, on the rocks. It's in a little crappy plastic cup with two completely measured shots. It's the worst drink ever. It's $25. How many times can I sit and be inconvenienced watching a bad team for many of the years being just absolutely price gouged on everything in the in the building and then now they're going to move into build a new stadium and charge me again possibly upwards of five and tens of thousands of dollars to continue doing this madness now clearly somebody will keep doing it but how long are you going to hold on to me who is a pretty diehard sports and music and festival and big event kind of guy i can only have my 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 time spoiled by inadequate facilities and service and 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 just eye popping, just gouging prices. How long can how long can this go on until generationally someone says, "What the hell are we doing here? Why are we doing this?" And when does it just one more dollar is not enough? It's only another dollar. I don't have another dollar. When does it get to that? So far, it's working for the lookouts from the Times Free Press. They uh, have their highest Thursdays of, of to open a season since they've started the Thirsty Thursday thing, which when I was 21, I wish they would have had. They didn't have it back then. 
5,300 is the average of the Thursday so far, beating the last uh, highest, which was right around 4,000 in 2019. They want the new their new stadium to be over down on the south end, um, further south end towards uh, Lookout Mountain, the U.S. Pipe and uh, Wheeling Foundry site. $86.5 million is what they're looking for to get a new place built over there. Weston Womp clearly said out loud, I'm not funding stadiums. I'm funding schools as the uh, mayor of this county. We'll see how that goes. I think between the state and the city, Tim Kelly and everybody involved will, will somehow make that happen. And if it does happen, will they be able to build a facility they, they can staff and actually accommodate large crowds? My, I'd like to guess that that would be the case, but so far I don't have a lot of reason to feel very good about it. Although Either way, I am for the uh, spending of tax money for, for the new stadium. That brings me to, um, to Nashville and the new Dome Stadium whole idea, get Super Bowls and WrestleManias and Final Fours and all that. That's fine. That's good for Nashville. I don't live in Nashville. I don't want a new stadium, but it doesn't really matter what I want. City of Nashville is expected to contribute $500 million, the same amount that the state has already committed, and then through a hotel-motel tax hike will generate the necessary funds from uh, the tourism. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the rest, likely a minimum of $700 million will come from the Tennessee Titans themselves. And if you think that $1.7 billion is going to build you a palace spaceship like they have out in Las Vegas and Los Angeles and in Atlanta, which if they're going to do this, they might as well make a spaceship, they ain't going to do it for $1.7. It's going to be over two. If you look at any of the other projects, there's no reason to believe, especially where you know there's wood shortage, right? It's probably a concrete shortage too. So they got to charge more because there's like a hammer and nail shortage. Um the uh, mayor said, in the event of construction overruns, I have asked that the, that they uh, be covered by the Titans. I will not sell public land, raise the sales tax, or spend your property tax dollars to fund the stadium. The current lease with the, uh, the, the current Nissan Stadium runs through 2038. So let's see a couple more quotes from the mayor up there. Rather than pouring over a billion dollars into an aging stadium, we began working with the Titans and the state on the idea of building a new enclosed stadium for Nashville. We are working on plans for a new stadium because doing nothing is not an option and renovating uh, let's see and renovating the current stadium would still be or would be financially irresponsible. He also said he spec- specified that any final agreement among other things would ensure the Titans remain in Nashville for the quote-unquote long term. Um, is it not unreasonable to say if we give you a half a billion dollars from the, the city and then the state kicks in another half a billion dollars that you're never allowed to leave? You can only go bankrupt and quit and die. You can't leave. Is that unreasonable to say here's a billion, you're not leaving whether you whether you like it or not? It seems like that's not unfair stipulation to the overall deal. And um, so I, I, I've, I've thought about it long and hard. Unless I find a whole bunch of people that want to go in with me and we do a big, uh, you know, kind of conglomerated season ticket little fund of, of like maybe upwards of 10 of us, I don't see any way that I'm going to continue spending all this money. I mean, the, the prices have gone skyrocketing. This shouldn't just start this year for the last three or four years thousands of dollars a year and i don't even really like it that much i mean i do but i like it less every time i like it less every time i like going to a braves game less 
every time I go. I like going to a Lookouts game less every time I go. Um, will that stay with the with the new stadium for the Lookouts? Probably, probably not. I'll probably still continue to enjoy that because it's on a much smaller scale. But these bigger events, you know, I'm going. I'm, this very well could be my last Bonnaroo. I have no interest in going to Music Midtown anymore in Atlanta. I got no interest in going to uh, what else would there be? Um, let's just Lollapalooza in Chicago if I happen to be nearby. I have no interest in going to Shaking Knees Festival that was just about three weeks ago. And I used to go to Shaking Knees almost every year. For a little stretch there, about five years, I went every year. And I'm just not, it's just, maybe it's just I'm an old, boring guy now. Maybe that is, Maybe that's it. Or maybe I'm freaking tired of spending all my money just to be gotten there and be treated like I'm just some asshole. There's that too. A lot of that, as a matter of fact. And then another thing, though, that I might not be having... Uh, issues with because it's usually a fan ex- experience that is very pleasurable is the CFC at Finley Stadium is always a fantastic time and it looks like because of how well the Red Wolves have done that that can regularly be a uh, a, a go-to for me as well they have just announced whoever they is uh, Nuga Live is a new multi-use kind of uh, concept that's ground was broken the other day it's going to be open by the end of the year it's a multi-use live entertainment stages whiskey bar multiple restaurant options outdoor activities that are all kind of set up like the battery in atlanta leading up to chi memorial stadium which is coming right along and starting to look pretty nice the guy who's footing the bill on all this stuff says people will be able to live dine and play here and experience experiencing professional soccer in a unique setting in the heart of this development the townhomes at the Gateway went to their website. They're building a whole bunch of living uh, arrangements over townhomes, I guess will be all of them, condo-style living, starting in the low 300s. <laughs> yes, if you want to live in Eastridge, Tennessee, right next door to the stadium and all this mixed-use uh, development over there, which I do believe will be pretty nice, you can do it for only $300,000 on the low end. Last thing I'll just read here to you. Uh, CHI Memorial Stadium will serve as a spark in turning the local area into a sports tourism epicenter. The stadium will serve as an anchor of 125 million surrounding developments, spurring over 1,000 new jobs and millions of dollars of investment into the development and Hamilton County as a whole. Since the original stadium announcement, Top Golf, Champies, and Jonathan's Grill have announced investments in the surrounding areas and a little birdie tells me and has told me this more than a few times and usually has a pretty good idea of what they're talking about from the beer industry that they're very much looking at potentially professional hockey in east ridge as well i'm probably not supposed to say that out loud but they don't whisper when they tell me this in the hallways at work so i'll just go ahead and say it here so you know tens of thousands of people can hear it on this podcast the most listened to podcast in the city of Chattanooga. I don't know if it's true, but so far, many things I thought were not going to happen in East Ridge and that entire development, I kept saying, I'll believe it when I see it. And many of those things I now believe because I now see it. So a lot of big things happen on that side of the city of East Ridge. So a cool thing that I spotted on the latest uh, episode of Better Call Saul led me to look at a couple of different things and it made me realize there's another Chattanooga in the United States of America. Were you aware of that? Just a little um, 
factoid, if you will. And then my thoughts on the, the shooting in Buffalo. I'll be quick, and I won't go too far into it. Got to at least say something. And I'll do that and wrap up the show coming up next. Now more Stone on Air. It's about to get all stupid up in here. Stoneonair.com. You do what your mother says. The stars will still be in the sky tomorrow night. I promise. Okay. Good night, Pop Pop. Love you. Thanks for doing this, Mike. How's Chattanooga? Oh, it's fine. I'm uh, going to have to stay here longer than I expected. Really? Well, I hope they're paying you overtime. They're making it worth my while. That's good to hear. Good night, Pop. Good night, dear. Same time tomorrow? Wouldn't miss it for the world. Army boy, he's got a Chattanooga choo-choo. So that was from Monday's Better Call Saul. You had to listen closely. So how's Chattanooga? Of course, he's hiding out across the street with binoculars, talking to him on the phone. He's keeping an eye on their house. Keep him away from the bad guys. It's as far as I'll uh, go, as far as spoilers go. But I always just, I mean, I jump out of my shoes excited when I hear Chattanooga mentioned on television, uh, you know, outside of anything going on here locally. Um, I really do, you know, mean it when I talk about how much I love this city and community as much as, oh, Brian hates everything. No, I love all kinds of things, and this city's one of them. Now, there's a lot to to be concerned and have issues with, and especially when you've been here as long as I have, you start to learn a lot of things that irritate you, but it's all out of love. And um, so a friend of mine sent me a Reddit uh, link to a uh, Reddit topic that was talking about this the Chattanooga subreddit, and I had already seen it because I watched it, you know, within an hour after it coming on. Just a freaking amazing show. Amazing show. If you watched Breaking Bad and you haven't done Better Call Saul, you haven't watched Better Call Saul, and you were a big Breaking Bad fan, even if you just liked Breaking Bad a lot, like you just thought it was pretty good, you are missing out by not watching Saul. You got to give it, you got to give it some patience. You got to give it about three seasons. I know that's asking a lot, but if it's all sitting right there, you can burn right through them. It is so good. The payoff in the final two seasons, probably the final three, the second half of the show, but certainly the final two, it is. It's wrapping this show up in an amazing bow that I love. Anyway, sidebar. So anytime I hear Chattanooga mentioned, like I, I haven't seen it yet, the uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino's latest, they've got Chattanooga Brewing. Uh, or Chattanooga Brewery, it's made up. It's not like CBC downtown, the Chattanooga Brewing Company downtown, or Chattanooga Whiskey. I don't remember what it is. I got a shirt. Someone got it for me for Christmas. Um, I see something like that, and it's just like, man, that's cool. That's so neat. Uh, this just popped in my head. Remember the old show Coach? When um, uh, the the open scene was like showing lockers and uh, like trophies and, and the songs playing in the back, and they show a football. I used to remember the exact number. It was, I think it was Nebraska UT Chattanooga with a score on it on the football. I remember seeing those kids like, God, that's so cool. Um, so I started reading the subreddit, and it wasn't really that good, but it said somebody said, Well, maybe it's talking about Chattanooga, Oklahoma. 
because this show is the Saul show is based in Albuquerque. And the point being, why why the hell would he be in Chattanooga, Tennessee, on some kind of fake work trip? Well, maybe it's Chattanooga, Oklahoma. I said, surely there's not a Chattanooga, Oklahoma. Well, yes, there actually is a Chattanooga, Oklahoma. It is in Comanche and Tillman counties in Oklahoma State uh, on Highway 36. Somehow it's in two counties. Like I don't know if it's right at a corner. It is weird. I, there is it. Is, the city is 0.6 square miles. The size 0.6 square miles. That's the entire landmass is 0.6 square miles. The population as of the 2010 census was 461. 461. The population of the 1910 census was 471. The most people that have ever been in the city of Chattanooga, Oklahoma, was 507 people in 1920. Taking up all of 0.6 square miles, yet still lands in two different counties, Comanche and Tillman. I'd like to think there's no chance you knew that. Uh, then it started talking about some other things that Chattanooga had mentioned in other, uh, in other shows and uh, references. It said something about a show called Squid Billies where they were trying to make an underground waterfall. And one of the quotes was, damn it, at this rate, we'll never beat Chattanooga in the trashy underground redneck water feature competition. And then another one from American Gods. It is a book, it appears. Maybe it's a television show also. But the quote is about Rock City where they're having, that's where the battle for, it's like a civil war amongst whoever the people are of this show. And I'll just read this to you real quick. Rock City begins as an or, ornamental garden on a mountainside. Its visitors walk a path that takes them through rocks, over rocks, and between rocks. They throw corn into a deer enclosure cross a hanging bridge, and peer out through a quarter of throw binoculars at a view that promises them seven states on the rare sunny days when the air is perfectly clear. And from there, like a drop in some strange hell, the path takes the visitors, millions upon millions of them every year, down into caverns where they stare at black-lit dolls arranged into nursery rhymes and fairy tale dioramas. When they leave, they leave bemused, uncertain of why they came of what they have just seen, or whether they had a good time or not. I think that's a pretty good way to sum up Rock City. I don't know what the throw corn at deers thing is. I've been there in a long time. but And there you go on that. A couple minutes on this and I'll be done. Uh, I had this, this piece from the AP. Buffalo suspect, lonely, isolated, sign of trouble. Pretty in-depth look as quickly as you could do within a few days of this dude and I read it all and I was planning on, you know, highlighting some of it, reading some of it. Then I just put a big fat red X on this just to remind me to put it down and don't do that because there's really not a lot of point. Um, if you're here regularly, you don't need me to refresh your memory on where I'm at. I hate guns. I hate them. I have a phobia. I have a literal phobia of them. If you put a gun in my hand, I would lose my portions of my motor skills. I am not exaggerating. If I see one in the room, I have trouble functioning. Um, not if I see it like on a cop's you know, belt or whatever. That's, 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 that's a different thing. But 
So this isn't about guns. This isn't about guns. No guns are ever going to be outlawed. No Second Amendment's ever going away. No, no one's trying to come take your guns, right? Nobody. Stop. This is not what this is about. So what we have to do is, is start to understand what we can do about situations like what happened this past weekend and the cruel, awful reality of the answer to that is there is absolutely nothing we can do about what happened this weekend. This country is two, two and a half hundred years old. This is just an experiment. In the grand snapshot of this universe, a little tiny speck of an experiment. And we are a mentally ill and um, just broken society and culture. It's not ever going to change. Freedom is dangerous. Freedom is very, very dangerous. We are the land of opportunity. We are the land of opportunity to design an iPhone, and we are the land of opportunity to be a drug addict. We are the land of opportunity to be terribly mentally ill and addicted to uh, opioids and uh, heroin because of the lack of the pills that we used to hand out like they're nothing. We are the land of opportunity to be incarcerated. We are the land of opportunity to do whatever it is the hell we want. What did we expect was going to happen? This is a be careful what you wish for kind of concept. Let everybody do whatever the hell they want. And how are you even kind of shocked with what people have done with it? Just like the clip from the old, for the regular open. Give people opportunity and you'll be shocked with what they do with it. I didn't mean you'll it'll amaze you and you'll think it's awesome. You'll be shocked. And there's nothing that can be done to stop it. All I know to do in my life is to live my best life. And that's the only, that's, that's the only uh, advice I can ever give. I mean, the, the saddest part about this is these kinds of, these kinds of terrible tragedies end up happening in places we'd like to think are kind of the safe places. A grocery store, a, a, a church, a, a festival, I'm thinking of just recent, a, a university, you know, Virginia Tech, Las Vegas, uh, South Carolina with the church, uh, schools. Like these are places that you're supposed to be safe. And so that is the part that's the most terrifying. And I guess how you handle that from a case by case, industry by industry setting and, 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 and um, scenario each being unique and how you handle security and those kinds of things, that's a whole nother. I'm not talking about like, what do you do to put better locks on the doors? I'm talking about ideologically, what do you do here? And there's nothing you can do. There's absolutely nothing you can do. We're never going to take mental, health, mental wellness as seriously as, as we should. And this is, a, this is a vast, broad, huge swath of people in this country who are just allowed to do whatever they want. And they're allowed to be radicalized. And they're allowed to be mad and they're allowed to be vengeful and they're allowed to kill people if they want. And there's nothing you can do about a kid showing. I mean, there is maybe technically something you can do. But generally speaking, if we just took every outcast 
and everybody who looked odd and everybody who who thought you know maybe that person's up to no good and we just started I don't know sanctioning them or locking them up or or or, or um, you know penalizing them for just being different. That's not America. That's not what we we don't do that. That's not right. This uh, here's what I would have done. How could he possibly be able to do this? Shut up. You want you want me to. If, I, Half the people I've ever come in contact in my life, I thought, had the chance of doing something insane. Half is an ex- extreme exaggeration. But a large amount of people, if you said, hey, they shot up a school, be like, yeah, of course they did. What, are you new here? Did you meet? Have you talked to the guy or gal? Have you spent any time paying attention? So being weird is not against the law. Even being erratic and being a dipshit 17-year-old and saying and doing dumb stuff almost every day of your life is not against the law. Here's what I'd do. Shut up. You have no idea what you would do. Here's what you would do. Nothing. Just like everybody else because there's nothing that you or I can do. It's a land of opportunity. Just don't know what that opportunity is going to end up being. Sucks. It's not my, I'm not giving you my opinion, right? You know, this is not an opinionated piece right here. This, this is the, this is the facts. You can't legislate away mental illness. You can't legislate away, away, um, easily accessible guns. I mean, I guess technically you can, but that if you want to go authoritarian, that's the only way you're going to do that, which nobody, I don't, nobody truly wants. You can't legislate away of poor childhoods. Now you can fund things better and you can have programs to try to, you know, massage the situation a little bit it's too big it's too big of a machine it's too big of a machine to be able to just fix these things you wanted freedom you got freedom and freedom is dangerous i did this show in my head at work earlier i think i did a better job at work earlier but there's no way for me to know at this point uh love you to death thank you for being here thursday is going to be the new day it's the new wednesday it just works into the schedule way too much uh, to, to change it back to the way that it used to be and uh, y'all have a great weekend. It's going to be hot. It's going to get a little cooler again for a minute, and then it'll be summertime. We'll see where it goes from there. Uh, have a great one. Talk to you again next week. Bye. <laughs>